In the name of Jesus, amen. This morning we're going to talk about the call to stewardship, and I'm going to be looking at what's printed out there, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. That was also the epistle lesson, but please follow along once again as I read it. In each sentence in this, uh, in this reading from the epistle, there is a principle for giving, and that's what we're going to look at. Please follow along once again. The point is this, whoever shows sparingly, sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's our text. You know, so often when we think of stewardship, we think just of money. We think when we talk about stewardship that all that's happening is that the church is trying to get into our pocketbook or the church is trying to get us to uh, write a bigger check, something like this. But finally, think of this. Stewardship is about relationship. Stewardship is about our relationship to our Heavenly Father. But finally, stewardship is about letting God into our lives Stewardship is about believing and trusting and obeying. It's about our relationship to God. Because you see, what shapes our stewardship, what shapes our giving, is finally our relationship to Him. Now, like I said, there are some principles here, and we're going to look at this. Look at these. Second Corinthians chapter 9 is written by the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians. Something was, Paul was doing something that was absolutely revolutionary in his day. He was gathering an offering for people whom the givers of the offering would never see. In the ancient world, there was no such thing as charity. There was no such thing as giving for others without something coming back. All kinds of giving was only on the basis of, would you get something back from it? Jesus, of course, talks a lot about this in his own ministry. Think of these things that Jesus talked about. He said, when... When uh, someone speaks to you, uh, when someone won't speak to you, you still speak to them. Because the Gentiles speak only to those who will speak to them. But that's not the way it will be in my kingdom. In my kingdom, you will speak to people even though they do not speak to you. Oh, or this, you know, he talked about giving a banquet. And he said, who do you invite to a banquet? Not just those who are going to buy, invite you back, but you also invite those who cannot invite you back. And so he was talking about, and he says, if someone asks you to do something for them, go ahead and do that, even though it may not pay you back. So please always be thinking about what you could do. For in my kingdom we give, even though we may not receive in return. So that was, the, that was the thinking of that day, that in that day you wouldn't do anything for anybody unless they would be able to do something back for you. And in the kingdom, Jesus says it's going to be entirely different. We're simply going to give and we're going to help and we're going to reach out to, even though there may nothing be coming back to us. And so you see it all through the Gospels. Now, the Apostle Paul now is going to be taking from the congregations that he has founded a special offering for people down in Jerusalem. Because in that area now, there is very severe famine. And so something like this had never heard of. 
that you're going to be giving for people who, whom you'll never see. You're going to be giving for people who in no way will ever be able to pay you back. So this is a very new and a very radical idea. And we, perhaps in our own time, uh, don't realize how radical this is and how revolutionary this is and how this is going to change the world. And the Apostle Paul now writes to the Corinthians about this offering, and then he gives these principles that they are to follow, these principles that they are to follow in their giving. And the first one is this, give generously. And that's in the first line. If you look at the first line, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. What he's saying there is give generously, give generously, because as you give generously, the Lord is going to return to you. You can count on this. And by the way, this comes out in all of these, all through this, that finally the Lord is going to return to you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about this. Paul says the first principle is to give generously. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. God is going to give back to you. And so if you give little, God's going to give little back to you. If you give much, God's going to give much back to you. That's just the way God works. And so what he's saying through that is give generously. Now, the idea of generous, you know, what, what is generous? How would you describe generous? That's a very subjective word. And generous to one person might not at all be generous to another person. Generous to one person may be stingy to another person. So how do you determine what is generous? Well, God gives us a benchmark from which we are to start. And the benchmark from which we are to start, of course, is the tie. That's the benchmark. That's where it starts. Where all giving starts is at the tithe. God establishes that all through the Old Testament, and especially does he talk about it in the book of Malachi. And one of the reasons that is talked about so much in Malachi is because in Malachi's days, God's people were, the relationship was with God was so, uh, so deteriorating that they were no longer bringing the tithe, and even even the animals that they were bringing for sacrifice were sick animals and dying animals. And Malachi talks about that. He says, even the animals you're bringing for sacrifice, they're supposed to be without blemish, and they're supposed to be whole and, you know, whole and, and, and good animals. And you're bringing the animals that are going to die anyway, and you are cheating the Lord in that way and robbing the Lord in that way, and you're also not bringing the tithe. And because you are not bringing the tithe, that's why... Everything is coming apart in your nation. And so the point is, though, that the relationship to the Lord was deteriorating to the, effect, to the extent that they could then rob the Lord in their ties and in their offerings, their animals, and so on and so forth. So he talks about the tithe, and once again it says that's the benchmark. That's where we start in our giving. So that becomes the point of beginning, and from that then, we determine generosity over against that. So that if after we've brought our tithe, then our offerings above that are proportionate, and that's what determines generosity. In this, and generosity is determined not by what I give, but generosity is determined by what I have left. By what I have left. And Jesus made that point when he talked to the, showed the disciples, the widow, 
who gave her two copper coins, and that's in the gospel lesson we just read. He said to, the, those, to his disciples, she is really generous. Why? Because she gave all. The rich, he also pointed out, they were giving, but they had so much left that their giving was not even considered generous. Her giving was considered generous because she gave all. So, generosity then is considered, generosity is this. It is over against what I have left. For instance, this is a good example of that. If I am only making $20,000 a year and I give a tithe, that's $2,000, I have $18,000 left. But if I make $100,000 a year and I give a tithe, and that's $10,000, then I have $90,000 left. So where's the generosity in that? You see what I'm talking about? The generosity? The generosity then is determined by what I have left over against what I have given. So I may tithe, but my tithe even isn't generous because it is a very small part of what I have given. I have so much more left. And so the first thing he talks to them about is giving generously. Giving generously. The second thing he mentions then is giving joyfully, giving joyfully. Look at this. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What makes joyful giving? Joyful giving is this, that I realize that what I'm giving is going to be a blessing to others, that I find that it's going to bring joy and happiness and goodness into the life of others. And that brings joy to me. See, that my giving has been a blessing to others, then that continues to bring joy to me. And that goes on all through life. An example of that would be this. Whenever I enter the new building over there, there's a certain pride and a certain joy comes to me as I enter that building. That's part of my story. That building over there, that new building, is a part of the story of my life because I have given several thousands of dollars, every tens of thousands of dollars, to that new building. And so when I walk into that building and I see all kinds of people enjoying things, I walk in there and I see the, the, the athletic things go on, and I see people enjoying, I see all the goodness that's coming. That brings joy to my heart because I know that I've had a part of the building of that building. My joy is connected with that. My joy is connected with what I gave to that. So what you give, and when you see the, the fruits of your giving, that continues to bring joy. And that's what he's talking about here. Give joyfully, realizing that what you're giving is helping other people. It's blessing other people, and good is going to come into their lives. And that keeps going on all during your life. There's a lots of us here, you see, who have given to make all that's possible here. And I know that as we look at these things and consider these things, that brings joy because we have been a part of building what is here. And then finally, he says also give expectantly. Give expectantly. And by what he says, what he is talking about there is this. This is in the last line of our text. Look at it. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency on all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. You see, God works this way, that whatever you give, he gives back to you in some way. In some way. I thought of this last Monday here. Even in such a thing as a blood drive, think of this. God gives back, so people come here to give blood. They're giving him blood, brings joy to somebody else. 
That's part of the giving process. But God gives that back, doesn't he? So that whatever you give here in terms of blood last Monday, God is going to give that back to you. And you can keep doing that over and over and over again all during your life. I can't do it anymore because of, the money, because of the medicine I take. But there was a time when I came to give blood every time we had blood drives. And, uh, but God always gave that back. And that's a principle, you see. That's the, just the way God works. That's the way he works. And that comes all the way through Scripture. That Finally, what I give in one way or another, he gives it back to me. We learn that as we go through life. We go, learn that as we go through life. I learned that right after I became a Christian and began tithing right away, $4 a week, I still remember that, I, uh, tithing right at the beginning. But God gave that back right away, you see, in one way or another. And when I went to college and worked all the way through, God gave back, God gave back, God gave back, so that I came out of college with no debt whatsoever. And one, other one, and one of the big things I still remember about how God gives back is this, that, that Esther and I had just uh, been married for about a month, and then we had pledging for our new building for a new church in, in Claflin. And uh, my salary was $3,300, and we talked about that. And so for the next year, we pledged a third of that, a third of that. We were making the 3300 and we pledged $1,000 for the new building the next, in the next year. And we decided in order to pay that off, uh, we wouldn't have a Christmas tree that year and, and, and we wouldn't have a turkey and we were going to give that money to the, to the building fund. And the doorbell rang one morning about a week before Christmas and here was someone from the local bank bringing us a turkey. We discovered later that the bank had never given turkeys to the pastors in town. There were three pastors in town and the bank had never given turkeys before but here the bank came giving us a turkey. Never did it afterwards either. That was the only year. But I got that turkey and, and turned around to Esther and she was standing behind me and she realized what was happening and she, uh, the tears were running down her cheeks and uh, we stood and cried because God was already paying back. And then two months later, two months later, the pastor in Lyons, Kansas, took a, vacancy, uh, uh, took a call, and I became the vacancy pastor there. And in serving that in that next year, that was where the $1,000 came from, you see. And it was just uh, God paid us back so often in so many ways. And then two years later, we adopted Angela. We didn't have the money to do that. Had to go to the bank and borrow the money for that. That also was $1,200 out of the 3300 that we were making. And again, that was over a third of our salary. And yet, God paid that back again so quickly, you see. And so as we go through life, we learn over and over and over again how, this, how God does this. And this is what stewardship is about. It is about trusting God that he will do what he says he will do that he does take care of and he does provide. And I can assure that you should, that many of you also can look back and you saw that God, uh, that you gave this, but eventually you didn't even miss it because in one way or another, God gave it back. Well, that's what it means to give expectantly. I give knowing that somehow, some way, that God's going to take care of me. He just does. And he never quits. I don't have to worry ever. I never have to worry about running out. 
always somehow, somewhere, some way, he is going to be giving. So, this call to stewardship is a call to, a, a, to trust. It's a call to step out in faith. It's a call to believe that God says he's going to do what he, that he will do what he says he's going to do. That's what stewardship is. It is stepping out in faith, realizing God is real. And when he makes these promises, he will keep them. We have to take the first step, though. Then he follows through afterwards. Because the first step is a step of faith. But after that step of faith, then God comes and gives. So I pray that this will help you in your, uh, in your stewardship growing in your relationship to the Lord. Will you, take your, will you take your booklet now? And we're going to pledge ourselves, because what we're going to pledge ourselves to is the ministry. We're going to pledge ourselves to carrying on the work that the Lord has given us here. Because finally, you know, our giving goes to where our treasure is. And that's what this is about. I commit myself to the Lord, and, um, and in doing that, I uh, then follow through with my pledge, my commitment in terms of giving. But now as we go through this, please look very carefully at all the things that we are pledging ourselves to in terms of ministry. In grateful recognition of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the giver of every good gift and who has richly blessed us with health and strength of body and mind and soul to do our daily tasks, For the worship of God the Father and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit. For the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the administration of the Holy Sacraments, and for the teaching of the Word of God, for the building up of the body of Christ. For the maintenance of the ordained ministry of the church, for the service of sacred music, for the care of the sanctuary, and for the promotion of Christian fellowship and spiritual life. For the support of the church in its program of Christian education, for the Christian training of children and youth in the way of righteousness and truth. For the ministry of comfort to all who mourn, for the ministry of guidance to all who stray, for the ministry of counsel to those with problems, that forgiveness and salvation from our Lord Jesus Christ might be revealed to them and be received by them and by us. For the witness of the gospel message of light and salvation through Christ to all the earth and for the support of our synod. As an expression of your compelling love in our hearts, O Holy Lord and Heavenly Father, our help is in the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless us and protect us from evil and bring us to life everlasting. Amen. Now, we, we pledge ourselves to carrying on all the different aspects of the ministry here at Trinity that's what we just did. And my, that's a tremendous thing to commit ourselves that we're going to carry on again what the Lord has given us to do here in this place. Well, we've been doing that. We've been doing that now for several years. And 
you see that here on the next page? These are all the things that are happening. And you can read down through there, you know, all the worship services and the Christian day school and, and all the education, the Bible classes, all these things, the sacraments, the, the youth work, all down through the line there. Girl Scouts, brownies, Wednesday school, all of these things. Lots and lots of things going on here. Some things that you just never see because they are kind of private things or behind-the-scenes things, but they're going on continually. Visitations to the sick, marriages, premarital, home visitations, the women's ministry, on down the line. And you can see all these things. Lots and lots of things are happening here and happening here all the time. And the ministry is going on every day of the week in some way or another here. And all of this, though, doesn't just... Happen, it happens because you and, and, and I uh, give to it and support it and so on. That's why it says on the bottom of the page, all are made possible through your gifts. Now you turn to the next page, page 10, and once again, my, how this has grown through the years. 50 years ago, this was about $63,000, and now it's over a million dollars. But you can look at that. The missions for home and abroad, that's 42 thousand six hundred and fifty dollars and besides uh, uh, we support Good Shepherd that's inner city ministry in uh, Kansas City district and Senate also some of our colleges are included Concordia Seward is in this amount but this is divided up between lots of different uh, mission uh, entities I guess you'd say properties and this is major maintenance and capital this is thirty three thousand dollars and it is this $33,000, that's what the bill on your, on your envelopes, where it says building, that goes to make up this $33,000. And it is that $33,000 as we save it that pays for the roof that was put on last year, that pays for the covering over the windows, that is this year, all of these things. We, we save that $33,000, and, and, and as we are able, then we do different things with it. The, the doors, the glass doors in front there, and then the school, that came out of that $33,000. But that's 33000 is what you give to the building part of the three parts on your envelope. Those who serve us, $532,000. There are 13 full-time workers here at Trinity, and there are 12 part-time workers here at Trinity. And so there are 25 people who are involved in serving in one way or another here at Trinity. 13 full-time and well, part-time. There are lots of businesses in Atchison that do not have that big a staff or that, uh, that many workers, but that's how many are here at Trinity. Well, the retirement, the health insurance, the Social Security, it comes to 243000 There's 150000 of that. So it's health insurance. There's retirement. There's Social Security, all these things. There are conferences and conventions. That's also part of our uh, part of our. Uh, continued work here. Worship, this is the office supplies and all of those kind of things, bulletins and so on, portals of prayer, $15,380. The music ministries, that's the tuning of the pianos and the organ and all those things comes under that. The Christian day school, the supplies and the aids, the copiers, the machines, all of those things over in the Christian day school, that's what this is about. Parish education, $3,000 for Sunday school, vacation Bible schools, 1850 years. Uh, $50 in class, about $650 for materials for that. 
that adds up to 7,200. And then the keeping of the buildings, the utilities here, that's $62,000 a year, over $1,000 a week just to keep the lights on, the heat going, and, the, and so on. Then there's insurance, $25,000. $8,500 is spent on repairs every year. Cleaning supplies, $6,800. Lawn care, about $1,700. All of that goes into that $117,000. Evangelism, then this is for materials and so on, for our Kennedy callers. The youth work, that's there. Click and so on. Fellowship, potlucks, band maintenance, 1300 stewardship envelopes, education, all of those things. About a million, added all up, and it's a million, 37,000. Then per pupil cost at Trinity School is about $5,300 now. Tuition is about $1,200. The school endowment fund pays another $2,000 of that. And the other, um, let's see, the other uh, $2,000 comes out of our giving here on Sundays. What is a pledge? On the next page, a pledge is simply a promise and commitment based on faith. If our circumstances change, of course, the Lord knows that, and he does not expect what he does not give. And so when we pledge something, we do so with the certainty and the knowledge that the Lord is going to continue uh, giving to us as he have, has in the past. We, we uh, look forward in that way. First fruit giving is that I do this first. I don't pay my bills first. I give to the Lord first, and my bills are determined by my, by my giving, not my giving, by my bill, see? But simply first fruit. In other words, always he comes first. He comes first. Why does the Bible stress every Sunday giving? Because the Lord blesses us week by week. And tithing is giving that 10%. We all are aware of that. It goes way back to the Old Testament. You always have to determine what you're going to give. Is, are you going to spend 100% of your income on yourself, or 98 or 95 or whatever? But the Lord says, no, 10% uh, comes to me first and then the 90% to you. And, of course, after the 10% of the 90% begins to get so big, then that's where my offerings also increase. Why is it important to make a promise or a pledge? Well, so that the church can work, so that we can do our work. Listen, we have lots of salaries to pay, and uh, we must know what is coming. And when you pledge, that's a good idea of what is going to be coming. So it's very businesslike to do that. I know that in smaller churches they do not do this, but in smaller churches they don't have 25 employees either, you see. And so there's lots of smaller, and sometimes we come from a smaller church and we say, well, we never pledged before and, and uh, so on and so forth. And, and that's understandable because they don't, have the, they don't have the ministry that we have here. But in order to do this in a business-like way, we really look at these pledges and we base the budget off the pledges and work from there. So that's why it's so very, very important to do this. Then after this, these, you can look down those lines, what it means in terms of a tithe and so on. And teenagers, if you already have a job, uh, then we would encourage you to tithe that job. Because I began tithing when I was a teenager, when I was 16 years old. My first job, I began tithing right at that point. And that's where you learn how the Lord takes care of you. So, teenager, if you are working, and then we would, bid, we would uh, encourage you to tithe. If you're not working, then we would encourage you to give, as is mentioned there. And um, parents, you can certainly help out there. But parents, it's very important that you teach your children to give. Sometimes we teach them to save, and that's very important too. But we also must teach our children to give. And we did. We taught our children to give. That when they had jobs, we taught the tithe right away. And when they were babysitting, 
we taught the tithe right away, that we're going to be tithers, and they continue that today, and I know that they do continue that today. Then how to divide your pledge, that's also there. And the use of envelopes is so very important. Well, we're at that point where we're going to pass out the pledge cards now. And uh, so, ushers, will you please come forward, some down in front and some in back there, and, and begin to pledge, pass those out. We sent them through the mail, and so you may already have one. You may have already filled it out, and that's okay. That's good. But in case you did not, the, uh, of the uh, elders or the ushers will bring you a, a pledge card or a pledge sheet right now. And we can begin to... You know, I've seen some wonderful things through the years. And I, can, I, I, I mention names now because these saints of all... These folks are already in heaven and, and they are saints. But it tells us why Trinity is as it is. I remember many years ago, and some of you know the name Durrell Seaton. I remember many years ago, Durrell Seaton... Uh, lost his job the week before Loyalty Sunday. And Daryl came to us and we talked about that. He said, what, what, what am I going to do? I said, you know, I, I lost my job. I, don't want to have... I said, Daryl, why don't you step out in faith and just really trust and believe that God's going to take care of you. And so Daryl not only pledged what he did the year before, but he raised his pledge didn't have a job, but raised his pledge on the trust and faith that God would provide. And you know, probably a month later, he found another job, a better job and a higher paying job than he had before. That in stepping out in faith, God answered his faith. You see, well, that's, um, that's the way the Lord works. And those are examples for all of us. Christ Jesus, the captain of your soul, your eternal Savior and King, has told you the story once again of Christian giving. You have seen the program of your church and your part in its mighty plan for winning and keeping souls. Now Christ calls you to commitment and promise. And so will you pray as you're, as you're working on your pledge there, would you uh, pray with me the prayer that we, that's on page 14? Please pray with me. Almighty God who has promised that whenever thy name is recorded, thou wilt come with thy blessing. Look with favor, we beseech thee, upon our endeavors to continue building thy church in Atchison. Direct our plans in accordance with thy will. Make our hearts big in love and open wide our hands in generosity. Help each of us now to make a pledge pleasing to thee, a sacrifice worthy of thy love to us. And do thou move the hearts of each of us to give and to serve until our purpose is accomplished and we see thee face to face. Amen. Join your fellow believers now in this response of trust, this response of faith, this response of Christian loyalty. Respond to our great God by filling out this pledge of trust in God. Are we ready to come forward? Okay. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Banner, 
it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead, till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call obey. Forth to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day. Ye that are men now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let <coughs> to strength oppose. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. Put on the gospel armor. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle. The King of glory shall reign eternally. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. The cross, lift high his royal banner. From victory unto victory, me shall he lead till every foe is vanquished stand up stand up for Jesus Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we are so thankful for every person who has walked to this altar this morning. Walk to this altar in loyalty to you and in loyalty to Trinity. Walk to this altar saying, Lord, you can count on me next year. Walk to this altar realizing that whatever is pledged, you're going to take care of because you just give that which we give to you. So thank you for every person who has walked to this altar this morning. Thank you for them and, and increase their faith, strengthen them in their resolve, help them to grow in their trust and commitment to you. 
We bring this to you now in the name of Jesus. Amen.